Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. It's just great that you've joined us on this episode of This Week in the Word, heard at dredhill.podbean.com. I'm recording this on Sunday, 1 November, 2020, about two days before the election coming up in America on Tuesday, November 3rd. Well, I'm glad you're with us today. We've got a lot to cover, and I'm going to do that as quickly as I can. Thank you for being with us. The title of today's episode is True Faith and Allegiance. Truth Matters. As we approach Election Day, November 3rd, I want to point out the basic problems that threaten to destroy America. Americans are like passengers in a car. So America's the car, right? Well, we're the passengers. Americans are like passengers in a car driven by a drunk driver with a drunk also riding shotgun in the front passenger seat, and both are fighting for control of the steering wheel and the car. And that car, which is America, is jerked violently from the left side of the road to the right side of the road over and over every two years with the election results. Now, it's not always been this way. I'm old enough that I can remember, even though there were Democrats elected and Republicans elected, the parties loved America. I I can tell you this. I can testify to this. Now, they wanted the best for America. Both parties did. So, that was never at question. It was how to, how to effect that. H- how do we do the best thing for America? But friends, I'm sad to say, and I'm as serious as I can be right here, I no longer believe that is true of both major parties. I have no question that the Republican Party in general loves America, but the Democrat Party, think of it like this. It's like that donkey, the Democrat symbol. It's like an enemy has captured the donkey, gutted it underneath, pulled out the the internals of the Democrat Party, and stuffed themselves in the skin of the Democrat Party. We now have people running the Democrat Party at very high levels, that this may not be true of the average Democrat on your street, but at the thought thought leadership level of the Democrat Party, they do not have the best interests of America in mind. They are playing for another team. I'm serious about that. So we, you probably just hate Democrats. Hey, watch it. In the past, it's been a long time, but in the past, I have actually voted for Democrat candidates Uh, where I lived at the time, for governor, for senator, for congressman. And uh, don't think I ever voted for a Democrat for president, but on the other ones I did. So please stow it. I care about America, and I'm telling you what's happened. And this, this, there's no longer a middle of the road. And so this this swerving violently from one side to the other, 
every two years, you know, in the, in the general election and then every two years in the midterm elections. This cannot continue. We now have in America at least two nations, probably more than two, but two major nations that are trapped within the same geographical borders. It's two ways of thinking and looking at reality, and, and maybe not even looking at reality in some cases. Now, I know that all politicians have issues. I get it. But we're at a very critical point for the future of our country. This cannot continue. And the solution is simple. Say, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Number one, we need to say to our entire country, citizens and political leaders alike, judges, etc., this is the Constitution, because I think they don't know what that is. This is the Constitution, the rule book for our country, and teach people what it says. If you're an American, you automatically are, are connected to what the Constitution says. And you especially are if you come here and become an American through immigration. So this is the Constitution, the rule book for our country. There isn't another one, you know, politically speaking. This is our political document. These are the rules. Number two, political leaders and citizens alike should be required to obey the rule book. If the Constitution says that a political leader can't do certain things, he should not be allowed to do them. If it says that he and the government should do certain things, they must be done. And the same holds true for citizens as well. Number three, the media should be required to tell the facts, the facts, the facts about issues, candidates, and officials not be an unofficial arm of one of the parties as the Democrat Party and the, the mass media has essentially become. This is dangerous. This is why the founders in the Constitution gave protection to, at the time, the press, because they were just newspapers, but now it would be the media, protection to tell the truth. But when the truth is known, but lies are deliberately told, that becomes a huge problem. Number four, the citizens should be required to elect only those who obey the rule book of the Constitution. Now, they can be in any party they want, but they have to follow the Constitution, whether they're elected to office or appointed like federal judges or, you know, state judges and so on are elected, but city council, mayor, governors, that should be what we expect. And you know what? For, I don't know, about 200 years up until the time that I was a, a boy and even into my teens, this was this was how America operated. It wasn't perfect, but they followed these, these four things. So where'd you get that, Pastor Ed? I didn't get it nowhere. 
I sat down and thought about how did this used to be done, what was it, and what should we do? That's what we should do. It's all so simple until people get involved. <laughs> That's the problem. I want to read for you the Ten Commandments. So for all of you who say, when's he going to talk about the Bible? Here we are. The Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, 1 through 17, I believe. I'm going to read all of them, and then I'm going to focus on one. Now, by the way, let me say this. Maybe you're saying, well, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in that. It doesn't matter. These will make any country a better country, <laughs> period. They just do. It's just, it's from God as I see it, but it's, it's also like, well, yeah, that's just obvious that this is the way society would work better. Oh, anyway, the Ten Commandments. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, and that word kill there in Hebrew means murder. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. That means don't lie about people. Don't lie to people, right? Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. It's that ninth commandment I want to zero in on for just a moment. In verse 16, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Is there anything that we don't understand about that? It's very clear, the ninth commandment. So this week, as the newest associate justice of the Supreme Court was sworn in, 
I was listening to the oath that was taken. And I had already, I think I had thought about this earlier, but anyway, when I heard the oath, again, the constitutional oath taken to uh, by Judge Justice Barrett, one phrase stood out to me, and it was the phrase that is my title, true faith and allegiance. That is, the, the justice swore to bear true faith and allegiance. To what? Uh, to, the, to the oath and to the Constitution to protect and defend it. You see, truth matters. And this is where we've been messing up. And now lying is just everywhere politically. I'm not a a naive person. I know American history. I know about it. But I want to zero in on these oaths. Here in the Constitution is the oath that the president takes. It says in Article 2, Before he enters the execution of his office, he shall take the following oath or affirmation. I do solemnly swear or affirm, you could use that phrase, I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Now, what this means is he is swearing before God, and and George Washington, Washington added, so help me God, with his hand on a Bible. He's swearing to God before all of the citizens of our country and the world that he will preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. All right? So if someone is elected, that's exactly what they should do, not set about to deliver America to some other world system or global government or something against the best good and interest of the American people. Here is the oath sworn by senators and representatives and um, state legislatures in the states and that, so let's let's read that. Now, this is what the Constitution says. The senators and representatives before mentioned and the members of the several state legislatures and all executive and judicial officers, both of the United States and of the several states, shall be bound by an oath or affirmation to support this Constitution. But no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. That's Article 6, Clause 3. Here's the oath sworn by congressmen, senators, and state governors and state senators and so on. IAB, and that's that's where their name is, I. A, B, solemnly swear or affirm, I, A, B, solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, 
that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I'm about to enter. So help me, God. There it is again. Protect and defend the Constitution, but notice that the founders thought it good. I I believe they knew the president would do this um, as he protected and defended the Constitution, that he would not lie about it or anything like that. But here it's specifically required that the senators, representatives, uh, federal level, state level, governors, so on, that they would say, uh, bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will take this, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I'm about to enter, so help me God. You see, when this was written, it was a very real possibility that England and England's king might try to retake America, which they attempted to do in 1812, the War of 1812. This was very much in the minds of the founders. Whether it be England or some other country, the people who served our country could not have some hidden loyalty to another king or government or movement or anything like that. Here's the judicial oath. So this week, uh, last week, when Judge Justice Barrett was sworn in, and a constitutional oath was sworn at the White House, but then the Chief Justice swore her in on the judicial or judge's oath the next day, I believe, at the Supreme Court. So this is what a judge swears. I and in their name, I do solemnly swear or affirm, I do solemnly swear that I will administer justice without respect to persons and do equal right to the poor and to the rich and that I will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform all the duties incumbent upon me as judge under the Constitution and laws of the United States. So help me God. Hey, we even see it again with military officers who are commissioned as officers. The oath of office, and this is for officers, I, and then there's their name, I, having been appointed an officer in the, and then you insert military branch, Army, Navy, Air Force, so on. I, having been appointed an officer in the, let's say, Army of the United States, as indicated above in the grade of, let's say, second lieutenant, grade of second lieutenant, do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign or domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, 
that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservations or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office upon which I am about to enter, so help me God. The enlisted personnel in our armed forces take an oath of enlistment. It's slightly different, but there's a, uh, a pain of penalty attached to this if they deviate from this because they must obey the lawful orders of the commander-in-chief and upon their officers which are appointed over them. So it's even more stringent with them. So they, their oath is this, the oath of enlistment for enlisted people. I, and then their name, I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to regulations and the uniform code of military justice. So help me God. Now, I want to zero in. We, we see to pre protect, preserve, and defend the Constitution. There's no question that's what everyone is to be doing. But I want to zero in on that phrase, bear true faith and allegiance to the same without any mental reservations or purpose of evasion. I think we're at a point in our country where there are people running for high office, highest office in the land, and many others at, at levels below them who are not bearing true faith and allegiance to preserve, protect, and defend our Constitution. Now, that's a serious charge, but I believe there are, there are at, a, at a minimum, I believe there are divided loyalties, divided agendas, and I believe in many cases there are, there's just a single agenda that is being concealed and hidden. Many within our government, especially the federal government, on, in both parties, whether they realize it or not, and I think many do realize it, especially on the Democrat side, maybe some Republicans realize it, I don't know, but I believe there are many in both parties that are intent on delivering America to a global government where Americans no longer decide our own destiny, but some global government somewhere tells us what to do. This cannot be allowed, and it, and it, but it will happen if we continue to elect people that are not bearing true faith and allegiance to the same, that is to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, and they do have perhaps mental reservations, and I believe several do literally have a purpose of evasion and not telling the truth 
to the American people of what their ultimate desire and aim and goal is. There it is. Truth matters. And it, whether we know that or not, it's going to have a profound effect on the future of America. Translate that on you and your children. Our federal, state, and local governments are increasingly filled with elected and appointed people who they say the oath, you know, they, they recite the words, but have no intention of actually doing the oath. They are deceiving Americans, and they are not bearing true faith and allegiance to their oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. They serve other ideologies, movements, or entities which seek to obliterate our agreed-upon rulebook, the Constitution, so that they may overthrow our government and the freedoms we have treasured. Translate that bad news for you and your family and freedom. You see, not only does truth matter, lies matter as well. You know, when I would read the Old Testament, I used to have a very hard time understanding when I read the Old Testament how the kings of Israel and the political leaders in Israel just kept getting it wrong. Why their nation swerved like that drunker, drunk-driven car all over the road from one side to the other. You know, one king, they're serving God. The next king, they're into just massive apostasy that God has to judge. And, and if you've read the Old Testament, which I've done at least 40 times, maybe more, if if you've done that, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, man, what is the deal, man? One one minute, you know, you know, they're following God, and then the next political leader, or maybe later in that same leader's rule, they're over here. They're from one side of the road to the other. Well, that's just like America. But now that I live in modern America and the world today, I get it. I'm starting to understand. <laughs> We are at a very dangerous point in our country. Politicians like this that, that you know, they, they, they mumble the words about the Constitution, but they don't even know what it says, and if they do, they don't like it. One president, and you can look it up and find out who it was, one president complained during his administration that the Constitution is a, a list of negative forgot how he put it, negative rights or something like stuff that government can't do. You think that's exactly what the founders set up? That the, the, it is a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, not for the politicians. There are limits on government. Thomas Jefferson said that government is best, which governs least. That is... You know, the less regulation there is, the better it is for citizens. But the, they lie to deceive and destroy and to gain firm control of America. Hey, listen, about 20 years ago, 
a well-known senator who's no longer in the Senate uttered these words. President X, I'm not going to name him, you can look it up. President X is not just a liar, he is an exceptional liar. (laughs) The senator who said it was in the same party as President X. Think about that. The Democrat media complex has perfected lying to an art form. I mean, I'm truly impressed and amazed. I don't like it. Polls today, public polls are actually push polls crafted to propagandize LIVs. Pastor Ed, what's an LIV? Uh, Okay, an LIV is a low information voter. It doesn't mean that they're stupid or moronic, although some may be. It doesn't mean that. It means that they're so busy working, uh, putting the kids in school, handling things, paying bills and everything, life. They're so overwhelmed with that that they don't pay any attention to politics or issues or candidates or anything. But the problem is they do know when voting time shows up. Okay, their vote counts just as much as yours. Think about that. So they show up and vote D or R, but can't really explain why. And they don't know anything that's happened politically in the two or four years prior to their voting. So push polls are designed to convince them to vote a certain way not educate them about which way the public's leaning. Now, the real polls are the internal polls that are that a candidate commissions someone to say, and it basically say, don't lie to me, boy. <laughs> Tell me the truth. Sir, you're losing in this state. That's what I want to know. This, so I know where to go and campaign. That's what those polls are for, and it's the truth because they want to know where to campaign and spend their campaign money, Right. So the internal polls are are real. But most of the polls you hear today and and hear about most often are push polls designed to form opinion of low-information voters to get them to vote the way those candidates and polls want them to vote. Now, it's worse than what I'm saying. Even the very government itself, its agencies, have lied all over themselves in the last four years to run a coup operation against a duly elected president. There you go, Pastor Ed, with those Republican talking points. Hey, listen to me. Listen. What I just said, the reason I I could say that so emphatically with confidence is I'm not a low-information voter. I pay attention. I know what's been going on for four years. What I just said, this is a fact documented by their own digital paper trail, emails, as well as actual paper documents that are government documents, and witness testimony that some of those people have been forced to give, you know, to tell the truth. 
This, this is not my opinion. This is a fact. Well, let me ask you another question. After everything you've seen over the last four years, is there anyone listening who any longer automatically trusts the FBI? We used to, you know, up to a point. Not anymore. And the national security complex. Do you do you trust these people who have misused government powers against a duly elected president? You know, only the uninformed voters listening could be upset right now. And you're you're upset because you have not done the heavy lifting required of citizens to pay attention for two years and four years to know the truth. And that's on you. I know everything I just said is a fact. Okay, Pastor Ed, so where are we? Well, we're about where the Soviet Union was. We're getting close. I do not have time to explain this. You are going to have to pick up your end of the log and start educating yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. Here's your homework. Study the history of the Soviet Union from old sources. That is, don't do it, even if you do it online, make sure the sources cited are old, like 20, 30, 40 years ago. Go to a library, remember those, and get an actual real book that's an old book about the history of the Soviet Union. Or you could take the express route, which I know many of you will prefer that. Find out who this man was, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I think I'm spelling it correctly. Alexander, you can spell that. I believe his last name is spelled S-O-L-Z-H-E-N-I-T-S-Y-N. If you type anything like that in a search bar, he'll come up. Or a library, you can go there and find two books. The Gulag Archipelago. I'm going to spell it. The word the. Gulag is a prison system in Russia, in the Soviet Union. G-U-L-A-G, like a, like a prisoner of war camp. Um, think of World War II and the Nazi prisoner of war camps. Soviet Union had a gabillion of them in Siberia and other places. And they put their dissidents there. That is, people who wouldn't tow the Communist Party line. The people who dared to think for themselves like you and like me, we, we would have ended up in a gulag. Well, Solzhenitsyn was put in one. The gulag archipelago, that second, that third word is A-R-C-H-I-P-E-L-A-G-O. That's a chain of islands. So what does the title mean? He was imprisoned in this Soviet prison for people who would not allow their thoughts to be controlled and to be dictated to. And so he titled that book, uh, look at it like this, the, the uh, prisoner, the prison camp, a chain of islands of prison camps is basically what he's saying, that they stretch the length and breadth of the old Soviet Union. And if you stepped out of line at all, 
it was off to the gulag for you, buddy. Hey, did you know that a well-known administration official from President X's administration announced last week, or he stated last week, that after Biden wins, I don't think Biden's going to win, but he does, that there should be a Truth and Reconciliation Commission in America to prosecute. you got to be making this up, Pastor Ed. No, I'm not. To prosecute those who have supported President Trump and basically send them to a re-education course or camp or something. Say, they wouldn't do that. Well, they might not literally do it, and maybe not at first, but the direction we're going in, that is the future of those who think for themselves. Alexander Solzhenitsyn also wrote an autobiographical book, we believe, about himself in the Gulag system. It's called A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. I'm not even going to try to spell it. If you type that title in or go to a library, it'll come up. A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. And he explains what it was like to be tortured and worked, literally worked to death in the Soviet Union's Gulag Archipelago. The same people, the same, let me, let me put it this way, the same mindset, the same type of people who set that up in the Soviet Union and the one that exists now in the Communist Party of China, in China, currently, slave labor, if you disagree with the government, the same type of people are the people driving the thought leadership of the Democrat Party today. It's not your granddad's Democrat Party. It looks like the donkey, but there's a wolf inside of that donkey's skin. You've been warned. So, for those of you who mocked the Bible as that old, irrelevant book that your granny always read, Take note that it is exactly accurate about government, politicians, and the effects of truth and faithfulness and lies and betrayal on the citizens. It's spot on correct. Both the politicians and the people must bear true faith and allegiance to our rule book, the Constitution, with no mental reservations, nor any purpose of evasion, or America is done. Now go vote for the candidates that sincerely support the Constitution, and not for those who mouth the words but are working 24-7, 365 to overthrow our Constitution and our country. It's easier than ever to listen research, and go to websites of organizations they work with and just read what the site says, like BLM Inc. and so on. Do it. The election will be followed quickly by suffering. 
whatever the outcome is, it doesn't matter who's elected president, there's going to be suffering after this election. So, to help you and me out, I'm thinking about a series of episodes about suffering because we are all about to learn what that means by personal experience. If you're not a Christian, you might want to start thinking hard about becoming one. You are going to need Jesus going forward. If you would like to speak with someone about how to become a Christian, or you have spiritual concerns, call this number, 888-537-8720, and you will get the help you need. I'm praying hard for our country. I hope you are too, those that listen. Please share this podcast this weekend. Share it on Sunday November 1st and Monday, November 2nd, and even on Tuesday, November 3rd. You never know what difference you can make by sharing the truth. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you is my prayer. This has been a long episode, but we all needed to hear it because we are in very dangerous times in our country. Thank you so much. I look forward to sharing with you again next week on This Week in the Word. Tell others to visit us at dredhill.podbean.com. Bye-bye.